Hey guys, Primal Chaos here. Welcome to Primal Cast. So this is an interview I did with a band called Ocean Sleeper. I was fortunate enough to catch up with them at the Good Things Festival in December. And I had a really great chat. Honestly, they haven't been around that long, but they're already making pretty big waves. Ocean Sleeper, get that, all right? <laughs> Pun intended. But, but you know, I really dug their sound, but most of all, I really dig their attitude. They're very DIY, very hands-on, and that was great for me because I like to talk about it, you know, how the sausage is made, like production and things like that. And to be honest, these guys had all the answers because they're there in the trenches. They're the ones making the decisions and, and, and hitting all the buttons. You know, he only does a lot of their uh, production himself. That's the gentleman uh, who, who I spoke to mostly in this. Uh, and you know what? They were just fun dudes. They were really cool. <laughs> they, were, they were, I think they were the second band I interviewed on the day and they were so good at breaking the ice because they both walked in wearing pit viper sunglasses and the second they sat down he only whipped out a pair and goes put these on and i'm like okay so if you're watching the video you'll notice i'm wearing uh uh you know these glasses and you know we all kind of look as bogan as each other which is fantastic so anyway without further ado we'll jump right in here's the interview now obviously this was live on location so the sound isn't as great as it would be in the studio and so we put a little bit of their music underneath in the background just so it's sort of like it masks a lot of that background rumble and general chaos that's going on at a festival but here we go enjoy the interview from chaos is that good enough cuz i always break what i should have robbed and i All right, so um, let's talk timelines. You guys kind of exploded onto the scene and you've been making some like major moves and stuff like that, but tell me, where did it all start? Like, give me the origin story of uh, Ocean Sleeper. It initially started with me recording Carl and Stan's band, yeah. to be honest. Right I think I tried to be a screamer in Carl's, one of Carl's first bands, maybe. And, and then like yeah. we linked up afterwards, after their band fizzled out, we were like, <laughs> we'll start a band together and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. Yeah, that's nice. So, so basically just all from the local area, like what, what sort of age group are we talking? Um, too old. <laughs> let's, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm 30. I'm, oh, sorry, shit. I'm 31 now. Yeah. 31, 32. Yeah. Stan's 28, I think. No, 26. 20, yeah. 21. So, so you guys were in like bands before before Ocean Sleeper took off. Uh, and stuff like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call it that. They were just like Gippsland <laughs> bands that didn't didn't make it out of Gippsland. So. Yeah, right. Okay. So yeah. this all must be like a massive shift in in the trajectory, right? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, look, everyone's over talking about it, but your album sort of came out in the dreaded 2019. So, yeah. like, what what was the? I, I haven't really spoken to anyone about like how that affects a band, particularly someone who's just sort of starting to make waves and getting their shit out there. Like, what was the timeline uh, like for you guys? It was it was interesting because we um we recorded an album in America and then came back just for like COVID to make that release a bit funny. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Great, great time. Thanks, Essentially, Will. Essentially, it was like at our peak of like trying to do stuff mm -hmm. and then just get kicked in the guts. But every band was in it too, so yeah, we all yeah. know the pain. Yeah, we but like, just, like your first release, you put your heart and soul into it and everything. It must just suck. Yeah, it just, it, just made, it just made the debut album like it just means album two will be the the one that actually gets the well, look, unless another pandemic happens it's <laughs> job man like you guys are sort of getting like you're it's kind of a meteoric unprecedented sort of trajectory right like you often hear about bands who like kick around for a decade before anyone pays any attention but you do you just like you just i think you just fingers are on the pulse and just hitting the right sound at the right time thank and just, you yeah thank crushing you. it yeah, yeah. um we're you, just we're okay. just trying to force it on everyone i guess <laughs> <laughs> you will like it yeah yeah 
Um, okay, so you guys tread a fine line between aggressive edge and lush reverby soundscapes. Would that be fair to say? Like, as far as like, particularly in like the guitar tracks, I noticed there's a lot of sort of reverb gives them depth and sort of like um, a certain energy. Uh, what do you What are you guys using live? Are you guys like old school pedals and tube amp kind of kind of guys, or is it modeling sort of stuff like Helix or? So live from the very first day we played a show, we've used a laptop with amp sims. Yeah, right. The okay. whole time. Yeah, the whole time, and it's like. That's from like 2016 or something like mm. that. So it's like, I don't think, I didn't see anyone doing it then, which was wild, but it's mm. so sick. We're mm. sponsored currently by Neural DSP. Oh, so we're right. using Neural okay. DSP Go Gojira, which absolutely slaps. Love yeah. it, does everything we need. And it just sounds amazing out the front. Yeah, like that's yeah. the thing, it sounds amazing out the front. All the switching's done in the door, it's sick. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got like you program the set with like, um, like all your patch changes and stuff like that. Everything, everything. Gate mutes, patch That's changes. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, like there's like sections in there where we can tune. Even if our pedals don't work, we can switch to tuning on the laptop and stuff like that. It is amazing. Yeah, do, it's game changing. Do you find having that flexibility of? Because I, I know like um, Tim Henson tends to, I think he's with Neural DSP as well from memory, um, but he tends to pull a lot of sounds that are, would otherwise be kind of really unusual with a traditional setup. Do you guys find that you push the limits a little bit more because you've got access to sounds that you wouldn't normally have? We have whole, like, whole core progressions of the songs that we can't play on our guitars. Yeah, but, right. but we play them through pitch shifting. So we yeah, pitch shift right. down below, you know, open to, in, in a song because sometimes it'll be like, Oh, this would be sick if we could just go down to this chord rather than going up to it uh, yeah. in, a, in a progression and using Neural DSP, we can just switch crazy. to it. It's sick, so, man. So you sequence pitch changes yep. during the song? Yep, during songs. That's wild. I've when never heard of that before. Is that something that's fairly common or are you guys kind of pioneering that? I d the only um, person I know is the guitarist for um, uh, Rowan. He's from like a metal band. Uh, nah, not, not about this guy. It's like a proggy metal band, and he uses a Line 6 uh, Variax. Oh, and yeah, he okay. has different yeah. tunings mm -hmm. in different songs, and he doesn't yeah. change anything. Yeah, right, so, okay. Um, it's just absolutely... I thought amazing. just pitch shifting down half a step to play songs in E-flat was kind of... We go down to dro double drop C in a song. Jesus. Yeah, right. and then it comes back into our normal tuning for the chorus. But how, how does that sound like through a big PA? That must be Sick. chaos, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It, like, it, at practice and stuff like that, it's like, oh, this sounds pretty bad, but Pete, yeah. our live sound guy, Yeah. Kills it. Yeah. Peter Wing, best live sound guy in Australia. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It's a little bit different in a rehearsal room than it is out on stage, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you worked with producer Chris, uh, is it, how do you pronounce his last name? Crummit. Crummit? Okay. Uh, who uh, previously worked with Dance Gavin Dance, Sleeping with Sirens, Devil Wears Prada, Closure in Moscow, local guys as well. Um, how did you find making the adjustment to working with a producer? Like, you know, you guys were probably working on everything yourselves. And then all of a sudden, there's like an extra member of the band who's got an opinion and things like that. Did you find that to be a transition, or was it? Did you trust him from the outset? Um, it was pretty good. Like I think Ernie doesn't ever give himself enough credit for because all Ocean Sleeper is produced by Ernie. Like mm -hmm. everything is done by, by him in his studio. But going to Chris was really cool because I suppose it gave Ernie a little bit of a break of mm. having everything on him. Yeah, um, it's a lot, right? It's and Chris, <laughs> Chris had a really, really like he loved choruses, like he loved melodies, so mm. like he really liked to break down bits. Same with guitars, he was like super into that. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of good just because he's done a lot of great albums and stuff. It was like his opinion, like you could just trust. If he was going down a route, mm. like usually me and Ernie would like you know delve the way his songs will go or whatever. But with mm. him, if he had an idea, it was. It, like you just trust to go down that rabbit hole with him. So it's, it's more like little niche taste sort of things rather than like, well, you guys need to change your verse to the chorus and the chorus to the verse, you know? Like there's not a lot of 
mixing around too many elements, just a little bit of like, you could probably tweak this a little bit. There was, there was a few songs where he didn't touch them, like mm. uh, Killing Me, he didn't touch at all. Mm. Like that was exactly how it was. Mm. A couple of other songs he didn't do stuff. One song, Hate Me Like You Mean, he was like, this needs an outro. Yeah. And he was like, this really needs an outro. And then like, when we were over there, cause like I was, both Carl and I actually had to write a heap of vocals over yeah, there. Yeah, I think yeah. at one point in time, I was like sick if I write two songs today, I'm on track to track them tomorrow sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember at one point in time while I was doing it, I was like, I figured out how Chris liked his chorus. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then yeah. everything you went in with was just a- well, Then I was like, oh sick, yeah. this is like, yeah. It was a revelation for me, essentially, because I was like, oh, this is sick. I understand what this dude that's fucking amazing well, that, that, and it likes. That's actually which, really interesting. Sorry, go on. So, which is, like, we use a lot of that formula for how we write now yeah. with mm. melodies yeah. and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it was a bit of a learning process, but it's kind of evolved into using it full-time sort of yeah. thing. Okay. Um, I, I love the production on Heaven. Uh, I was checking it out again last night. Um, it's absolute banger. The hooks are really solid too, which is kind of what, that's a good segue into this. Um, walk me through the process. Uh, well, you kind of just did, but the songs have so many elements. Like, where do you even start? So I can remember the exact time that Heaven was written. I was sitting at a writing, like we did a writing retreat all together in a holiday house in oh. <laughs> some, it was an Airbnb. Uh, the boys were cooking dinner and I was putting in the scratch vocals to Heaven and the guitar to Heaven. And like in the demo, you can hear them clinking plates in the yeah. background oh, making yeah. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was like, cause like, it was like one of those things where like if I'm in the zone writing stuff, everyone else is it's kind of bored and wants to do something. So that's usually a great way to do it. The best chorus is Ainy Writes. Like, and I've been around for like most of them, but the best chorus he writes, he just like super just pulls him out of his ass. Yeah. Like never the one who was just sitting there and he's just like, oh, like I'm going to do this. And it was like exactly as that yeah. was. Heaven, he was just sitting there silently while I was doing the dishes. And like, I didn't even know I was being like super loud. And then, <laughs> and then he just goes, oh, do you want to hear this? And then like, like, I didn't even know he was doing that. He was just kind of like, like quietly singing into the microphone. And then mm. that's just as it was. But then I guess with our songwriting stuff, it starts like, I know. We ha I feel like in a lot of way we have a lot of depth in the way we write music now because it's like the guitars, the singing, all that is probably realistically like twenty percent of the song, and then the rest is Ioni going super hard in like productions and mm. synths and all that. When it's like, yeah, it's just so like it, it's just so much more going on in our songs to how it used to be when it was just like guitars, bass, like mm. a little bit of synth. But yeah. now it's just so many samples and things that Ioni's like really, really good at programming. So you basically start with that traditional sort of rock template and then you embellish it with all of those extra layers of texture and things like that. Essentially, it's trying to do a Mick Gordon on the heavy parts and then a Bring Me the Horizon on the yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't yeah. going to say, but there's some comparisons there that are very uh, positive, to be honest. Yeah. I love Straight out. Horizon, uh, also, so. shout out Trent Reznor because he did it all before those guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, yes, strong single. Well, what you were saying earlier about like um, sometimes it's just the, the first thing you come up with is just, I think with hooks and stuff, it's it's more of like an instinct thing, right? Usually your, your gut feeling is probably yeah. not far off. You don't want to overthink it. Yeah, the more you work. Yeah. on it the probably the more sort of off the off the chart it sort of yeah. gets you know people want a, a singable hook um yeah. when they're listening and so like your first instinct is those childhood melodies that are just popping into your head yeah. you know yeah. um what, what about like what have we got coming up like what's what's the future look like for ocean sleeper um we got some new songs coming we got an ep mm -hmm. next year coming out um the same sort of thing we always try to do not write the same sort of song so the next single we've got coming out is like I guess completely the opposite of heaven. It's like very heavy, but it's like a new kind of heavy that we've done. It's like actually slammy and like, right, yeah. like, cause we all love like Kublai Khan, Khan mm -hmm. and Gideon and things like that. Um, 
So yeah, we tried to get some of those influences in rather than just being breakdowny. So like, yeah, right, okay. So trying to do a new kind of heavy, especially a kind of heavy that I don't think people would expect Ocean Sleeper to come out with. Mm. Um, so yeah, so doing things like that just keeps it very interesting. Not letting ourselves get stuck in a box of, mm. you know, the things that we should write. So it's like, even just like the. Um, Ioni being the singer, me being the screamer, like we're trying to break that. So like I'm doing more cleans, Ioni's doing screaming as yeah, well. Right, so okay, it's like, too, just like, a, yeah, two vocalists, not just mm. pigeonholed, this is what you do sort of thing. So it's great for like sonic versatility, right? You yeah. Guys can, you got a wider palette than most bands to choose from. Yeah. yeah so new material coming out, um, any tours and stuff for 2014? Um, yeah, some, some coming. Yeah. So we got for that EP, we'll have a headline run, um, quarter two of the year, I think, quarter three. And then, yeah, we've got some other stuff in the wraps, but we, nothing that we can really oh, talk right. about or too. jinx. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, just want to say, like, I only sort of came across you guys fairly recently, and I'm a big fan. I love your sound. Oh, thank you. Like thank you. You've got a sick attitude and uh, seem to have a pretty cool message as well with your songs and where you're going with them and stuff like that. So thanks again for your time, boys. Thank, thank you. For the thank you so much. Thank, <laughs> the you. Thank, you. thank you. I'll put these back because I don't have the, the cachet <laughs> to pull them off. <laughs> Thanks again. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. No problems at all, man. Yeah. There you go. See what I tell you. Great guys. Had a great chat. They were really insightful, very open about their process and stuff like that. And you know what? Hopefully, we'll catch up in the future because I really can't wait to hear what they got coming out with their with their new EP. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll hopefully catch up again in another festival. But definitely very cool guys. Ones to watch. Yeah, keep an eye out for Ocean Sleeper.